Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So last week we jumped into a series um, called Hearing the Voice of God. I told you last week that I believe the most powerful thing for the church today is that it hears the voice of God. I mean, the little church and big church, it brings freedom and power like nothing else. Clarity like nothing else is hearing the voice of God. So I jumped in last week with a message entitled, it was simply a question, am I a sheep? Jesus said he will speak to his sheep because he's the good shepherd and the sheep will hear his voice and follow him. So if it's ever going to happen, the foundation must be that you are a sheep. We'll grow from there. This morning, the message is simply titled, I'm a friend. I'm a friend. You might be thinking that's a weird title. As I get into this, you will see that's not a weird title. Okay? So there's two types of friends out there. Let's just say you're in the hospital and you want, let's just say you're in the hospital and we're friends and you want me to come see you. And when I, when I come see you, I have really two choices that I can make. I, can, I know you're in the room, and I can choose to go there or not go there based on our friendship. What you want me to do is go there. But what some friends do and what I could do is I could simply get some books for you to read, walk into the, to the front of the hospital and say, I'm leaving these for my friend. He's in room so-and-so. Will you make sure he gets these? Or I can be the friend that comes to your room, pulls a chair beside your bed, and we sit and talk. And if I'm a real good friend, I can sneak you some fast food (laughs) that I'm not supposed to do, all right? Let me say this in a nutshell. Jesus, he doesn't want you just to read his books. He wants to sit and talk to you. See, he doesn't want you to read his books. Matthew's good, John's good, Mark's good, Psalms are beautiful, Proverbs is wisdom, needed every day. But he didn't want you just to read his books. He wants to be the kind of friend pulls up a chair, sits and talks to you. That's pretty heavy already. We got to keep going. I want to cover three things real quick. Number one, God does not speak to robots. That's deep, isn't it? God doesn't speak to robots. We basically, we communicate two ways today. We communicate mechanically, that is, um, by machine, okay? You want your car to go, you push on the gas. You want your car to stop, 
You can say stop, it ain't gonna work. You gotta push on the brake. You wanna put something in an email, you gotta manually put it in. You wanna send a text, you can manually put that in. We, we live in a mechanical world, okay? Um, same thing about phone, it's mechanically. You, you can speak mechanically. You, you, people do speak mechanically. It's growing in the area of mechanically speaking because they're trying to flush all the human beings out of here, all right? But we also communicate personally, people to people. We talk to them. We talk to people, okay? Let me say this. God does not want to communicate to you mechanically. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that. See, today we might say something like this. Hey, Siri. Tell God I want to talk to him. She'd say back to I you. don't see God in your contacts. Who do you want to send it to? I don't see God in your contacts. Who do you want to send it to? Isn't that sad? I don't see God in your context. You know why? Because God's not interested in speaking to you mechanically. You, God, don't send God a text. Don't leave God an email. Don't leave God a voicemail. God's not interested in talking to you mechanically. God wants to talk to you personally. You see, most people, they want God to speak to them for one reason and one reason only, direction. You cannot type God's direction into maps and drop a pen. It won't work. It will not work. Because God is not a mechanical God. He didn't make a mechanical robot. God is a personal God who made people for a personal relationship with the Father. Secondly is this. God speaks to people. Genesis 3, 8 through 11, I kind of referenced it last week. There's a, there's a scene in the garden after God made man and God made woman, God goes looking for them to simply communicate and talk to them. Well, they have since went and got a snack in the location they were not supposed to, realized they were naked, sewed fig leaves, and went and hid. And God comes looking for them in the garden, and they hid themselves. They hear God coming. God says, where are you? He answers back, we heard you coming and we hid ourselves because we were naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? You see, God wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you so bad, he pursues you. <laughs> Even when you're a mess. God wants to talk to you so bad that he pursues you and you hide. 
See, we hide because we're not where we need to be. I'm not worthy that you talk to me. I don't want you to talk to me right now because I'm a mess. I'm dirty. I'm sinful. I've done something I shouldn't have done. So don't talk to me. And God says, I love you. I'm crazy about you. I created you to talk to you, and you do not tell me that I can't talk to you. You can't hide from me. I know what you did. I already know you. I still choose to not look at that, but to see you. There's some folks in this room who need to hear that because you won't let God speak to you because you don't feel like you're worthy for him to talk to you. And you keep holding that stuff there, and you're here, and he's trying to get to you. Don't block God from coming in your life. Don't block God from communicating to you. It's what he made you. It's how he made you. It's what he loves about you. God goes so far sometimes, just like he did in Exodus 3. He wanted to speak to Moses so bad, he set a bush on fire. How many of you said, I don't know what God wants. I need one of them burning bush times. So I'll know for sure it's God. <laughs> yeah, you do not. I mean, think about that. You telling me, you don't know what to do, but if God would set a bush on fire in your front yard, you'd walk up right up to that bush, start talking to it, it'd talk back to you and you're cool. No, you're not. You, you're not, you're like, honey, that's a bush on fire. You're the man in the house, go talk to it. Nah. You go up there, Moses walks up to it. It says, Moses, Moses. I don't know about you and me, I'm gone there. Flat gone. I'm just gone. Here am I. Send me. Too many of us are waiting on a burning bush. He can do it. But you know what he'd rather do? Pull up a chair. He'd like to make a cup of coffee. And you make a cup of coffee. And you and God have coffee. You'll never get a better coffee date than God. See, we have a lot of coffee appointments with a lot of people. And the one that we should have it with the most, we don't. We'll put on Facebook our situation, ask for people to have comments about it and help us. We'll have coffee with a whole bunch of people. We'll listen to a whole bunch of voices, but the one voice and the one cup of coffee that we desperately need to have, we're not having. We're not having. When you go to John chapter 15, John 15, 15, 15, I want you to listen to this scripture. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master's doing, but I call you friends, for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Mm. I don't call you servant anymore, I call you friend. And what your heavenly father wants to say to you, I translate. 
I say to you. I want you to look over in John 16. John 16. Look at verse 12. This is beautiful. I still have many things to say to you. Mm-hmm. But you can't bear them now. Look at 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Is that not just gorgeous right there? You want to know? You don't need a bush to catch on fire anymore. You just simply say, Father, I want to know your direction. And make him a coffee and invite him to join you. And he says, I still have many things to tell you. And I'll tell you, things to come. God speaks to people. Last is this. God speaks to friends. God speaks to friends. James 2.23 says this. It was credited under Abraham to righteousness, and he called him a friend of God. Is there not a better thing to be called? Friend of God. You see, when you get saved, he says that you're a friend of God. But the question is, are you friends with God? Are you friends with God or just of God? Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You remember this encounter goes on in verse 17 of the same chapter. Moses says to God, I want you to do this. I need you to do this. And God says to him, I'll do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you. And what did he say? I know you by name. I know you by name. Not that God forgot his name all of a sudden and then it dawned on him, oh my gosh, that's Moses. He says, I'll do the very thing you've asked, Moses, because I am pleased with you. Why am I pleased with you, Moses? Why would God be pleased with Moses? I'll tell you why. Because look up a little verse earlier. Because he met with God face to face as a man meets with a friend. He sat with God. And in that sitting and in that face to face encounter, God began to know heart of Moses. And Moses got to know God's heart. So God said, Moses, I don't just know you by name. I trust you. See, there is, un, there is no doubt that we can trust God. 
but there might be doubt whether God can trust you. When you meet with him face to face and y'all become friends and you get to know him and he gets to know you in ways you've never been there before. Exodus 20, 18 to 21, there's an encounter where God is giving the Ten Commandments. And there's darkness, dark, dark smoke, darkness everywhere. The, the, the darkness everywhere around it, big pillars of smoke and everything. And Moses begins to walk up to it. And he says to the people, come. He says, oh, no, 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 the people, no, no. You speak to us, Moses. Uh, no, don't get God to speak to us. God speaks to us. We're going to die. You speak to us. So Moses, it says, walked in to that darkness. Psalm 103.7 says this. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. He made known his ways to Moses. He made known his ways means he made known his heart. His heart. That's not dark smoke that scared the children. He saw it as the presence of God. He entered it. Why? Because he knew the ways of God. Why? He'd been with him face to face. The acts to the children of Israel, well, the acts, the activities of God. If all you know is the activities of God, when God whispers, you may not know him. You only know him by the thunder. By the loudness, by big stuff, big stuff. But some of the most profound things he said in Scripture, he said in whispers, in dreams, in stillness of his voice. Do you know then that's God? If you know his heart, you know his ways, and you'll know he speaks to you just like he spoke to them in Scripture. Joseph was in a dream said, Take her as your wife. For what she gives birth to is conceived by the Holy Spirit. In a dream, the Magi said, mm, in a dream, we said to go the other way. Don't go back that way. He wants to be your friend. John 15, 13, he proved it. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. If you're born again today, he's taking the first step to friendship. What you waiting on? What more has he got to do? You say, well, I'm not sure he wants to be my friend. Excuse me? He died for you to prove he wants to be your friend. John 15, 15, we talked about it a while ago. He says, I don't call you servant anymore. I call you friend. I call you friend. I was 24 years old, I was a college graduate, got my first full-time youth pastor position at First Baptist Church in Gladewater, Texas. I was saved at 10 years old, 10. 
This little house that I rented was back in, is out in the country. So you go off the main road about a half a, about a quarter of a mile, and there's their house. And they built a mother-in-law house for his mother-in-law about another quarter of a mile behind them. All asphalt, couple cattle guards, and asphalt road all the way back up to my little house. Mom got bad, so they put her in a nursing home, and he rented it to me. He's a deacon in a church. 24 years old, all by myself, youth pastor. Rented this little house. One morning, I was getting ready. That house eventually became Melissa and I's first home. One morning, I was getting ready, about to dart out the door to go to work. And I was giving God my to-do list of giving. We call it praying. (laughs) More spiritual if you say that. What you doing? Praying. No, what we're really doing is giving God our to-do list. I'm going to go to work. You do this. I'll check in to see and see how you do, God. So I was giving God my to-do list. Praying. God said this. Can we talk? Can we just talk? Yeah, we'll talk. I got in my car. Backed out. Had to open a gate. And then I back out. Then I got to get out and shut the gate because I got cows all over the place. If they get in, mm, nasty. They did once. That's a whole other story. So I back out. I'm going down this uh, asphalt road. And God said, tell you what, after work, after you work out, come home, eat dinner. Let's walk. See this road? I want you to walk this road. I said, okay. So I got home, ate. Went for a walk. Now, at the time, I'm 24 years old. I'm a youth pastor. 24-year-old youth pastors need to be married. It helps. Right? I wasn't married. So I was telling God, God, I'm a good dude. I was good in high school. I'm good in college. I need a wife. What are you waiting? What's wrong with you? Come on. Give the plan. I need a wife. That's what got me on the walk. That's what I think I'm there for. I'm still doing all the talking. Every bit of it. Now, I'm obedient because I'm doing the walk. We do the walk weeks, months, year. Doing the walk. Need a wife. Need a wife. All I'm doing. God says, can we just talk? Can I? just talk. And then he says this, you need to let those families go. You need to let your family go. I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. He says, you're mad at me. You forgave your dad and you made that right three years ago. And I'm proud of you for that. But you got to let those families go you got to let your family go. You see, my family growing up, my dad got us all ready, deacon, got us ready for church, slicked our hair. We dressed up. He gave me two quarters, put in a pink envelope, and I took it to Sunday school. I sat by them in church, little steward, little Baptist boy, my brother, my sister, my mom. They booked us in, all right? We sat there at First Baptist Church, Athens, looked like a poster child for Owen Mills' pictorial directory. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Problem is, nobody went home with us. Wasn't like that when I got home. Nothing like that. We used to hang pictures on walls where you don't hang pictures on walls because you got to hide the sheetrock hole from my dad's fist. So my parents divorced in 87. I was in college. So I'm a youth pastor. I think I'm fine. But every Sunday morning, when the poster child for the Baptist family walked in, I judged them. I judged them. And I knew it. I didn't tell nobody. I said, yeah, y'all look good today. I'm wondering what y'all like on Thursdays. And that was in my heart. So God said, there's much I want to say to you, but you couldn't bear them then. But when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide you in all truth. I'm going to tell you things to come. Mm. So I said these words. I repent that I just tell you what I want you to do for me. I really want you to speak to me. What do you want to say to me? And that moment right there, he unloaded. And here's what I heard him say. What I have for you, you can't contain right now. But I'm going to give you a snippet of it. What I've got for you in the future, it's going to be great. But right now, you've got to let your family go. You've got to let it go. You've got, to, you've got to let me flush that image in your mind. You've got to let that stuff go. Because one day, Jeff, you're going to do youth ministry, and one day you're going to see the church from a senior pastor position, and I'm going to call you to be a pastor of families. And if you don't let those families go, you can't pastor families with that in your heart. And I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to grow a church, not for your glory, but for my glory. And I'm going to send you families from all over the place. And I'm going to trust these families to you because you're their pastor. But unless you let your family go and that bitterness in your heart that your family didn't work out, you won't be able to pastor those families I send you. So while we walk this road, I'm going to heal you. And for three plus years, we walked that road. Every evening, me and the cows, cows would walk with me to the cattle guard. They'd stop. I'd go to the next cattle guard. They'd wait on me to get to that cattle guard, and we'd keep walking. And me and God just talked. God desperately, desperately wants to be your friend. From 10 years old at Salvation to 24, he was not my friend. He was just this big God. From 24 on, he's been my friend. People ask me all the time, Jeff, one of the things people say about you is you hear from God. How'd you learn how to do that? 
<laughs> walking a road. Walking a road. First, you got to repent of just telling God what you want him to do for you and ask him to speak to you. And that repentance will open your heart to all the things he wants to say to you. There's some of you that need to find a road to walk. He's got lots to say to you. Be his friend. Let me pray for us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. If you're on the ministry team, come on up. I'm going to ask you to stand. You've been sitting a while. I want you to hop up. Every week at the end, I always say, what did the Holy Spirit say to you? That's what I want you to answer today. When you get saved, you're a friend with God. God calls you friend. But do you have that friendship with him? Let the Holy Spirit speak now about that. I want to pray for us. If you need to come for any reason, for prayer, altar, join the church, whatever, you come. You come. But you just answer, am I a friend with God? Mm. Father, this morning, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. God, may we do the word today, not just hear it. Do the word. Father, as we worship, May you move us. May you move us, Father. For your glory, in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 